Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX HockeyCast. We are on episode 3-0. Holy jumping, I've already done 30 of these freaking things. That's unbelievable. Uh, thank you, everybody, for sticking around. If you've listened to even five of these, that, that is fantastic. Um, this week, we are going to be talking about, of course, I gotta, I gotta talk about the World Juniors that just passed. Holy jumping, we'll be talking about that. Toronto Maple Leafs. Calgary Flames, uh, who else, who else is going to make it, Connor McDavid, Pacioretty, Calgary Flames, the Panthers, okay, we're going to talk about that kind of stuff this week, and uh, let's just freaking dip into it right away with the World Juniors gold medal and bronze medal games that took place this week, and holy crap, man, I, I, Devastatingly, I had to work that day, and I did not get to watch the gold medal games or any of the medal games, or in fact, any of the World Juniors. I did not get to watch any of it other than highlights because, well, I had to work a lot of the time, and I could never find a stream that uh, was was of uh, showing this game, the, these games, because uh, yeah, uh, just don't have TSN, and I, I refuse to pay that much money for, for television or anything, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I was watching a lot of highlights, and of course, I had my eye all over the World Juniors, and and of course, Connor Bedard, who who didn't hear about Connor Bedard over the last week, I mean, if, you, if you've been living underneath a rock, I mean, Connor, Connor friggin' Bedard, but let's, uh, let's just dive into... The, uh, I think we'll go with the bronze medal game first because uh, I think that was, uh, I think that was arguably the crazier game of the two. Both games were absolutely freaking insane. Like, are uh, maybe some of the best. I like again. It just makes me very upset that I didn't get to watch these games. But uh, even just taking in the highlights, uh, 12, 15 minute highlight video, I was like, holy crap, this is incredible. But in the bronze medal game, the United States take on. Sweden for the bronze medal and oh my goodness so this game ended 8 to 7 in overtime and dude uh the United States player Chaz Lucius oh my goodness great name great game OT winner and he gets the hat trick I mean he he nails the hat trick with the OT winner what a fantastic game for Chaz Lucius I don't re- I don't recall who has him or if he had I feel He's. I feel like he's been drafted. If, if not, I mean, dude, I, I, I would have my eye on Chaz Lucius. Lucius? Because that name is phenomenal. What a performance from him in the in the game that counts there. But, um, yeah, when you're when you're looking at a score of 8-7, to seven, you're probably like, wow, those goaltenders must have been terrible. But, honestly, the United States goaltender, Augustine, and I don't have the Sweden's uh, goaltender written down. They were both fit fantastic up until they had this game so um aside from this game you take this game out their stats were both fantastic and um yeah both goaltenders particularly the sweden goaltender i think he had like two shutouts going into this final game here so his stats were really really good going into this game now they took a dip after this game but uh i thought both goaltenders had a good tournament they just i don't know i think it's just (laughs) maybe the pressure got too much for them in the final game and they just uh let in a whole bunch of goals but yeah the the united states goalie augustine man uh he gave the puck away and sweden tied at 5-5 and i feel like that was pretty late in the in the game there and he ended up getting pulled in that game 
Uh, I mean, yeah, you let in. You dropped seven. I don't remember how many. I think, yeah, you let in five there, and then he got pulled. But, yeah, giving the puck away there and Sweden tying it, that was a real crucial moment. Uh, that was not the end of it, though. Uh, absolutely insane final minute of this game, dude. Like, United States goes up. I believe they're up seven to six, and then like United States, like oh, everyone's going crazy because oh, United States just won this game. It's like nope, Sweden's like no, we're not done yet. Hold my beer. They come back, they tie the game up just like seconds later. It is seven to seven, and it goes to overtime. Like holy freaking crap! Like I was just my jaw dropped. Like. What I saw uh, when I did get to work, like, we have a break room, you know, where people eat their lunches and stuff. I think uh, most most establishments, especially bigger places such as where I work, they, uh, they have to give you a place like that to eat. But we do have televisions in there, and most of the time there are sports on those on said televisions. And when I did walk by those said televisions, the score was 6-6. Six to six. And I was like, holy crap, okay, I did not expect it to be uh, that high scoring of a game, but... um. Yeah, it uh, ended up getting to 7-7 seven to seven very late in the third. Like, this game just wouldn't stop, like, right down to the final seconds. It was just outrageous. And uh, the crowd, it was it was pretty wild, uh, but in comparison to the Canadian crowd, we'll talk about them in just a second, it was quite tame, but uh, they did step up at the end of this game. That crowd was getting quite rowdy themselves. I mean, how can you not, even if you're not... Uh, a person from the United States or Sweden, uh, if you're just a fan of hockey, you got to be cheering for that game because that was just entertainment. Um, but it goes to overtime. The United States, uh, like I said, Chaz Luchis, he gets the overtime winner, the hat trick goal, the cherry on top, and the United States grab the bronze medal. I mean, yes, it's a little disappointing for the United States. Uh, for them, I would imagine that they didn't get gold, and I imagine everybody that didn't get gold is a little bit disappointed. And as far as I recall, I feel like the United States were kind of the the favorites going into this tournament. I mean, yeah, you got that natural just set in Canadian favoritism and favorite because it's Canada, and they always do quite well at these tournaments. But, you know, Canada's had their fair share of disappointments in these tournaments as well. Regardless, um... Yeah, congratulations to the United States. Uh, picking up bronze. Uh, the only thing that I find really weird about this tournament, and I don't know if anyone else is on, on the same page with me here, but did anyone else find it weird that um, in overtime these the, the game went to three-on-three three overtime? Like, I, I'm not complaining. Like, three-on-three three overtime is immensely entertaining, but... Uh, they don't do that in the NHL playoffs, right? And I feel like that is the same kind of level of of competitive hockey that was being played here. I mean, you got medals being handed out here, and I was a little bit surprised that they decided to go with three on three overtime for that instead of your traditional five on five overtime. And um, yeah, I was just I had to do a double take when I was watching the highlights, and I saw. Once it got to the overtime, it was three on three. I found that really weird. Uh, normally, you would want like a goal like that to be uh, awarded on five on five, I guess. But three on three, it's still even. It's definitely more excited, exciting, and I don't know. It just when 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 they made the decision to make it three on three, it just kind of feels like maybe they were trying to rush it. It's like okay, let's just get this overtime over and done with. But I don't know. I found that a little weird. Not necessarily complaining, but. Like, would you want to do, like, would you be okay with that in the NHL playoffs if they decided to go instead of five-on-five overtime uh, until 
you get a winner in the playoffs or if you just go to if you switch it up and just change it to three on three overtime in the NHL playoffs would that be that would be very very fun but I mean the intensity and um the tight buttholeness of NHL playoff overtime games is already quite high but damn I think that would be a lot of fun maybe they should try it out I think I would be I would be for them to to at least try out three on three overtime in the NHL playoffs maybe just round one I don't know like I think that would be pretty fun to play around with and uh yeah, what do you guys think about that? Do you think they should maybe play around with three-on-three overtime in the NHL playoffs? I thought it was quite fun uh, being displayed here in the in the World Juniors. So, uh, yeah, I would be into the NHL giving it a shot. But regardless, uh, congratulations to the United States picking up bronze. I'm super sorry, Sweden. You guys had a hell of a tournament. That goaltender had a hell of a tournament other than this final game, which is a shame, but a hell of a game from them. But speaking of hell of a game, oh my goodness, let's get to the main event. Canada versus the Czechs in the gold medal game. Holy jumping. This game was electric. I mean, uh, the understatement of the year, this game was electric. Holy jumping, man. Um just watching the highlights like the right away the crowd is just freaking bananas and and generally they always are when it comes to world juniors gold medal medal games or anything crowds always bananas i i gotta shout that out there the canadians really came out and uh, were supporting their their team out there in this game in in droves i mean holy crap it was so freaking loud like i wish just once I can ha- I can watch a Toronto Maple Leaf game that was that that crazy of a crowd and I don't know if we'll ever get that even if the Leafs theoretically make it to the NHL Stanley Cup Finals or something I feel like the Leafs fans are going to be so filled with anxiety and fear and 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 just pent up emotions that they they're just going to probably sit there and be silent and that would be the most kind of I don't know kind of in a way terrifying sort of horrifying uh to be in a building can you imagine that like scotiabank arena game number one stanley cup finals trying to make police versus the uh, vegas and and you get there and, and welcome to the stanley cup finals and they pan to the crowd and everyone's just standing there with with white white knuckles and they're just sweating and veins and all that yeah i can imagine that that would be immensely terrifying i don't know how i'm gonna handle that situation if that situation ever happens to me in my life that i get i hope i I hope i hope i get a pop veins and go white knuckle and sweat my nuts off uh in just anxiety filled sweats and fear when the toronto maple leafs if the toronto maple leafs ever make it to the stanley cup finals in my lifetime I just uh, just got a little bit of a goosebump just thinking about that thought. But uh, back to the Canadians and their gold medal game against the Czechs. Holy crap, though. Um... So Canada wins. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spoil it. I mean, it already happened. You probably already know Canada wins this game three to two in overtime, as is tradition. So what do you what do I mean by as is tradition? Well, it is kind of tradition for Canadians uh, generally in these games, uh, the gold medal games or medal games. Uh, they tend to go up early, or they're they're winning, and it seems like all is good. And then the third period happens, and then really late in the third period, something happens, such as tying. The the game and we're like oh god dang it and sometimes uh the game gets tied and Canada doesn't always come out the winners at the end of this so when I saw that 
this game ended up getting tied and sent to overtime. My buddy Kyle was watching it, and he was giving me a little bit of updates as as the game was going on. He's like, oh, Canada's up. And then, of course, that inevitable text. I swear I get this text every freaking World Juniors. The game is tied. I'm like, oh, no, and it's going to overtime. Oh, no, I swear this always happens. But regardless, Canada does come out on top. So let's talk about it a little bit. I mean, the opening goal from Gunter was absolutely freaking gorgeous absolutely freaking gorgeous some of the goals throughout this tournament were absolutely gorgeous i mean you got the 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 next generation of talent coming into the nhl is is getting insane i mean it's just outrageous uh, the the puck skills the the tricks the the michigans whatever you got the dishigans it's all there and uh dude the bar the top cheese bar down goals that gunter just slinging that puck top cheese man i mean it just made me wet just straight up wet i i I can't deny it that goal just made me cream what a fantastic little goal right there and i i I don't know if he scored i know he scored a couple goals in this game but uh, i there was another goal that was scored um i don't have it written down but oh my god this one dude he just took a shit on that puck top cheese and oh oh god just some of those goals i love i love me a good bar down top cheese goal like anybody else but oh those canadians sometimes just disrespectful sometimes in the slingage and the top cheesiness of some of their goals oh my god dylan gunter what a beautiful goal he scored there and a fantastic game uh, like I said, man, the crowd was absolutely fucking insane. Like, they were seriously going 11 out of 10 for just about everything. You got goals that are going nuts for hits, saves, stick checks, blocks. I mean, just uh, uh, teammates looking at each other. <laughs> crowd going fucking nuts for everything, dude. It was fantastic. I was just a little bit, like I said, like I just wish for one time I could see a Toronto Maple Leafs crowd go crazy like that. That would be amazing. Um, the Czechs do score two quick goals to tie the game. Like I said, the crowd goes absolutely silent on that. And I mean, the, the two goals, nothing really against the goaltender. There's not much he can do. One went off the dude's leg and in. Like, it was really unlucky. But regardless, the Czechs do fight back. I mean, they were fucking amped when they tied that game, dude. Oh, my God, the intensity and the pure silence of the crowd. It was, it was um, fuck, man, it was uh, just a what do you call it a performance on ice like what a story being told in this game it was so much fun and um dylan gunter scores the golden gold man in overtime such a fantastic game for him and i believe he is the arizona coyotes i believe that's where he is so looks like they got a little player right here and yes i know he was just he's just playing in world juniors he's not playing against like men or anything but you know you know he's probably going to be good because or he's guaranteed, almost guaranteed to be a megastar or something like that because it was a pick uh, that the Vancouver Canucks traded away to the Arizona Coyotes and it turned out to be Dylan Gunther. So just to spite the Ari- uh, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, as per the NHL's voodoo or curse, whatever it is against the Vancouver Canucks, Dylan Gunther is going to be a stud. He's going to be a 40-goal scorer more than likely every single year, just despite the Vancouver Canucks. And then watch, like, somehow they will get him back, and then he will suck. I'm sorry, Vancouver. That's just kind of the reality of the world that you guys live in. You just are cursed. Absolutely fucking cursed. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, like I said, um, Canada wins this game. Bedard named MVP. I mean, was anybody 
surprised that Bedard gets the MVP. I mean, he was far and away the best player in this tournament. I mean, in seven games, he only played in seven games, nine goals, 14 assists, 23 points. This dude is putting up over three points a game. And yes, some of their competition that they played was not necessarily up to par with Canada, but it doesn't even matter, dude. The performance that Bedard put on, it was eye-opening to everybody, and it really looks like this kid is going to be an absolute stud in the NHL. I mean, the way that he is dominating his competition right here in the World Juniors, I mean... I feel like there's a handful of guys in those tournaments that have played NHL games. And, um, yeah, I'll say it again. I believe we said this last week. But whoever wins this lottery, dude, um, is going to be blessed. Absolutely blessed with Connor Bedard. And we'll talk about um, a little bit more about what potentially could happen at this draft a little bit later on. We'll tease that. But, uh, oh, my goodness, dude. Connor Bedard, like... Oh, I'm just, I honestly, at this point now, I just cannot wait for this guy to be in, be playing NHL games next season. It's uh, pretty much a guarantee unless something horrible happens to him, uh, be it an injury or abducted by aliens or something like that. Connor Bedard is playing in the NHL next year, and I imagine he's going to make a immediate impact wherever he lands, be it Vancouver or Arizona, the Anaheim Ducks, wherever the hell he ends up, even if he lands in Chicago, which is going to be a barren wasteland, there's going to be nobody left. I don't know if they're going to have Patrick Kane. Maybe I'll talk about that in a little bit later. But regardless, if he lands in Chicago next year, he's oh god, I oh I feel like there's going to be wherever he lands, there will be a small flock of players that are like, I would like to go there and 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 try and solidify solidify myself as one of his wingers, just as linemate. Like I would like to be connected with Bedard because oh man, that that kid. If you get hooked up with that kid, he's going to make you a lot of money. <laughs> throughout your career because he's going to be dishing you um, some real easy points um, regardless man what do you guys think where were you are you blown away by Connor Bedard do you think he's is there something wrong in your head that makes you believe that this kid isn't going to make an immediate impact in the NHL if so let me know I'd, I'd love to know what sort of uh, what are you seeing in this kid that that um, apparently nobody else is not seeing because this kid's fantastic it's it's Wow, um, wow, uh, it's just, I'm blown away by him, the, the amount of three points per game, dude, like, that's just an outrage, um, I did feel bad, though, for the Czechs goalie, uh, oh boy, oh god, why did I write this down, Sushinik, Sushinik, uh, dude, uh, he got absolutely run over during this game, took a really nasty, uh, collision there, he goes falling back really awkwardly on his leg, looks like his groin just exploded out of his goaltending pants, like, oh, it just did not look good, somehow he just skates it off, battles back, gets right back into the game, immediately makes a massive groin-splitting save, like, okay, I guess his groin is fine, but... I have to give a shout-out for that goaltender. He played fantastic. And, I mean, that the classic iconic shot, you know, when Canada wins the gold medal and the goaltender is just laying on the ice, you know, just absolutely devastated by the loss. The And, and I mean, that goal, that overtime-winning goal, man, it was so close. It was so close. Like, yes, it was a two-on-one situation, and everybody in the arena felt like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is the goal. This is happening. It's it's going to be a goal, but it was a goal, yes, but oh, man, that the goalie, he got a piece of that thing. It kind of just 
gets in that net. And um, yeah, I fully understand why uh, he was as devastated as he was. He was just head down on the ice for minutes. And you get the iconic shot of Team Canada celebrating in the corner, the whole team just jumping all over the all over the place, screaming, yelling, maximizing their celebration, and then you got the poor goaltender just hunched over, devastated, and um, shout out to the cameraman, like total dick move to get into the face of the goaltender in that moment, but it's got to be done. What a shot! Uh, uh, wow. Um, but yeah, I I couldn't help but feel really really bad for that goaltender. I I hope is I hope he has a fantastic career. I, I hope he gets into the NHL someday. And uh, I felt like he had a fantastic tournament. May may have been the best goalie in the tournament. Uh, he was fantastic, man. He really really was. And uh, chin up, buddy. You guys got a silver medal, and uh, you entertained the hell out of the masses with that tournament. Freaking fantastic. Um, I hope I hope you guys got to check that out and you weren't like me and having to work that day and this you know this has been a pattern throughout my whole life I always have to work these freaking gold medal games all the way back to the the Crosby gold goal in uh, Vancouver I remember so vividly working at a grocery store that night when I was working at the grocery store I was literally like one of seven people in that fucking grocery store six of them employees and one customer and it was like that classic Simpsons thing where the guy is <laughs> the big football game and it goes to the church and it's like oh thank you everybody for showing up instead of watching the game and the guy's like oh my god I forgot about the game <laughs> he just bolts out it was literally that situation dude and I was so fucking cheesed off I had to work that day it was, I was like, I already asked for that day off and it was like promised to me that I was going to have that day off regardless. They made me work. I was super pissed. All I did was sit up in the break room that day. I didn't do a lick of work. And I just was texting my buddy and he was giving me like play by play basically of what was happening in that game. Of course, it ended up being like one of the most amazing games ever. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal, amazing moment. Ryan Miller, just, oh, absolutely almost destroying the Canadians. But, um, yeah, dude, it's, uh, I don't get to take in a lot of the world juniors or anything like that, which is devastating, but I hope you guys got to check it out, and if you didn't, do yourself a favor, go check out the highlights at least, they were, f- both of those games were incredible, incredible games. Okay, moving on now from the World Juniors, let's throw out a few milestone congratulations this week. So Connor McDavid hits 500 assists already in his career. Congratulations to him, and uh, thank you so much, Connor McBaby. I have him in fantasy, and um, yeah, I would imagine anybody who draft who was blessed in being able to draft Connor McDavid this year. I would imagine first overall, if you were first overall and you didn't pick him, you're crazy. Uh, regardless. Uh, incredible season from him right now he continues to be on a savage pace of points and um, doesn't look like he's slowing down necessarily and I feel like he's going to be even more driven Uh, I can't really see him slowing down honestly because the Edmonton Oilers are not in a very uh, good spot when it comes to the playoffs they're not I don't know well as of right now I don't know if they're in there or not regardless they're not it's not solidified. They're not comfortable or anything like that. So I don't think Connor McDavid is going to slow down until he is guaranteed he's making the playoffs this season. So, yeah, anyway, he hits 500 assists this week. Congratulations to him. Patrice Bergeron hits 600 assists this season. So, you know, that just kind of goes to show how unreal McDavid is. I mean, Bergeron's been in the league since he was drafted in 2003. So, and like, yeah, he's never been like the most insane point producer. He's just more about like being an extremely consistent elite two-way forward. But 
Regardless, McDavid's already just 100 assists away, and he's more than likely going to hit 600 assists. Not next season. Well, fuck, who knows? This kid's... the McDavid's so freaking insane. He could hit 600 assists by by late next season. Who knows? Uh, but regardless, congratulations to Patrice Bergeron. I wish you weren't a Bruin, but you are, so... Um, Congratulations, anyway. Uh, and speaking of congratulations, I guess a congratulations is in order for the Carolina Hurricanes. You want to know why? Because Pacioretty has finally returned to the lineup for the Carolina Hurricanes. And, um, man, what a bonus for them, right? I mean, they just come off of this insane winning streak. They're one of the hottest teams in the league, if not the hottest. And then you just add in Pacioretty to your lineup, I mean. Pacioretty is a fan, is a very good player. He's a very good player when healthy. When he when he's healthy in the lineup, he is extremely effective. I mean, you look at what he did in Vegas there in his little run. Yes, he dealt with a lot of injuries, but like I said, man, when he's in the lineup, the dude scores. He's just a goal scorer, very effective, lots of shots, hits. He does a lot. He's a very I like him as a fantasy asset when he's healthy. He's a very good fantasy asset. He does he hits a lot of categories. Now, as a player, uh Whatever. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't hate him. He's just had just you know. I'll always remember Pacioretty for almost dying on the ice uh, when Shara smashed his face into the boards. But regardless, that is a massive boost for the Carolina Hurricanes. Basically, just uh, a trade deadline acquisition to bring in Pacioretty into your lineup. Just shove that into there, and boom, you got a, a 25-30 goal scorer just added into the lineup. And, uh, yeah, he's already getting to work, man. He scored, he didn't score in his first game, but he got two goals in his second game. So, yeah, it looks like the dust is, is settling off for him there. And I imagine Carolina is going to do a great job with him. They're going to ease him in there, get him nice and comfy. And, yeah, I think Pacioretty is going to be a problem when it comes to dealing with the Carolina Hurricanes this season in the NHL playoffs. Uh, yeah, Pacioretty's a good little player, man. I would, you know, if the Toronto Maple Leafs just said, hey, we just got Pacioretty, we're going to add him into our lineup, and we didn't lose anything for it, basically. I'd be like, great, fantastic, boom, there's your second line left wing spot. Filled the fuck in. But regardless, Pacioretty returns for the Carolina Hurricanes. Looks like he's doing well, so, oh boy, the Carolina Hurricanes just get even more dangerous. Speaking of even more dangerous, my relationship right now with the Calgary Flames is getting a little dangerous. Let me explain. So, Flames had a bad week, man. They've had a bad week, and and honestly, they're just having a bad fucking season. Like, it's getting close to... Um, just tossing this one out, man. Like, I don't know. This might just be a mulligan. You know, all the big changes. Maybe it just overwhelmed the team. A lot of talk going around with Daryl Sutter that maybe this guy's going to get canned because of just the immense disappointment that is this season going on right now. Who knows? Maybe he gets fired this during the season or they wait until the offseason. But, dude, we talked about the Flames last week, okay? And I went through the schedule of the upcoming month, and I was like, yeah, dude, I think the Flames, uh, there's a lot of winnable games on this schedule, and they fucking blew it they goddamn blew it this week man you had chicago and st louis on your on the fucking schedule and chicago should be a fucking guaranteed win and what'd you guys do you fucking lost yes you got a stupid point out of it but i am that's it i am i'm mad at the flames like this overtime situation they have so many fucking overtime loss points it's getting embarrassing i think they have eight or nine overtime losses now and dude like you 
got to win these games. Like, when I saw that they lost this game, I fucking lost it, dude. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Calgary Flames right now, like... I don't even care if they got goaltendered. I don't care about any of that. I look at the stats. They had almost 50 shots. They got, they just got beat by fucking Chicago, the worst team in the league, a, a team that can barely win a hockey game anymore. And I mean, you look at the talent levels of the Calgary Flames compared to the Chicago Blackhawks this season. They didn't even have fucking Patrick Kane in the friggin' lineup, which makes me even more infuriated. Markstrom had a fucking terrible game yet again. I mean, this guy, Markstrom, is having just a disaster season. They continue, continue to not use Vladar. I do not understand this. I continue to keep Vladar on my team because I am expecting this guy to steal the job away from Markstrom. And rightfully, I think he should have the job right now because Markstrom... Is just played. I feel like he's played himself out of the job. He's played horrible this season. He can. He still has an under nine hundred save percentage, and I feel like he is a big problem with the team right now. He's just not coming up with saves when you need them. I mean, he gets pulled against the Chicago friggin' Blackhawks. I mean, absolutely. F- embarrassing man there's there's no there's no sugarcoating it it was an absolutely embarrassing loss uh, a loss that we will look back on this season and when the flames miss the playoffs this year uh you're gonna look back at games like this losing to the chicago freaking blackhawks who's won like one game over the last two months like are you kidding me um dude like what the hell (laughs) i'm so upset so upset and then they top it off with a loss against st louis in overtime of course i would imagine that the calgary flames are going to just lose every single game now in overtime because that's just the way they want to fucking lose all the time and uh very very upsetting man like i am i am not impressed with the way that things have been going with the calgary flames this season i imagine everybody is and uh you know what man i gave them a long leeway i gave them a long leash with um, the you know the additions of Huberdo and Uyghur and the whole change of the team and everything, I gave them a long leash to um, you know let everything kind of settle in. Like I felt like it was going to be a hot minute before the Calgary Flames heated up a little bit, but this is just an outrage. I mean, you got layups here this week. And, uh, yeah, I think that Chicago loss is going to do some mental damage to this team. And um, I don't know what the future holds right now this season for the Flames, but I think something's got to get done. And it very well may be a coaching change. I don't know if that's honestly going to do anything. Uh, Short-term, coaching changes generally do quite well for the team. It's a good shot in the arm. Long-term, it doesn't always work out. Uh, we'll have to see, man. Now, I'm thinking, like, uh, an example like Boos Brudrow in Vancouver. Now, when uh, they finally decided to fire, I think it was Travis Green was before Boudreaux and Vancouver. And then they brought in Boudreaux, and he was fantastic. The, the, the Vancouver Canucks just took off last season under Boudreaux. Everything was going well, and they just missed the playoffs by a few points. And all the Vancouver Canucks fans were like, oh, if only we brought in Bruce earlier should have been a playoff team and now you're looking at them this season it's like what the fuck happened like that's why i was so like convinced that they were going to make the playoffs this year and i predicted before the season started that they will because they were playing so good under bruce and then all it just all fell apart like what the hell happened looked like he lost the room somehow (coughs) excuse me but uh maybe daryl sutter has lost the group as well i don't know there's been a lot of 
people looking at the roster, and yes, I feel I agree. There is a lack of uh, just straight up goal scorers. I mean, you have Toffoli; he's he's a pretty much straight up goal scorer. But you have a lot of playmakers on this team. You got Huberdeau. You got I mean, Kadri is. He's, I don't know, he's kind of a, a little bit of everything, kind of a two-way forward, but um, tends to dish the puck a little bit more. Yeah, he can put the puck in the net, but is he your guy on, I don't know, is he the guy really you would want on your team to be your main goal scorer? I don't think so. He could be, like, he's hit 30 goals a few times in uh, special circumstances with the Toronto Maple Leafs being our third-line center, and he can just feast on teams in the right situation. Kadri can put up a lot of goals, sure. But um, that's not the case. You need a guy in the hard situations and to put up goals. And it seems like Toffoli is really the only guy that's been able to put up uh, goals. And, you know, Mangiapane just hasn't been there this year. Dubé has been up and down. Studnika has been up and down. And, yeah, they just haven't really found that that killer goal scorer on the team this year. Huberto's never been a big goal scorer. I think he hit 30 goals last year, but... Yeah, he's he's a disher, man. I mean, the guy had, what, 80-plus assists last year? He's a dish master. And, um, yeah, I feel like Calgary is struggling with finish. They're struggling getting goals. They're struggling to get saves, struggling on their special teams. I mean, it's just an all-around struggle. Everything is just underperforming. And when you look at something like that, you kind of have to look at the coach and be like, what the fuck is going on here? But, um, yeah, dude, I think I think maybe, just maybe, it might be a, a coaching change, but then again, like, I look at Sutter, and you look at the makeup of this team, you're like, man, if you can just get this team into the playoffs, you can see some serious damage right now, but the fact of the matter is, this team is not a playoff contending team right now, they're not playing like it, they, they just don't have it right now. Maybe they need to fire the coach or something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's a trade out there that they can do. But what do you guys think, especially you Calgary Flames fans out there? Do you love Daryl Sutter? Are you sick of it? Do you think it's time to move on from him? I would love to know. But regardless, man, on top of that, they lose to the St. Louis Blues. Another overtime loss. The, The overtime losses are just piling up man they're absolutely just piling up with these overtime losses if you just win half of those games you're in a playoff spot right now and Calgary Flames somehow got to figure out how to start putting some wins together thankfully they're able to um, kind of put a band-aid over the sinking ship by picking up overtime points but again I will stress these are these are must-win games Chicago Blackhawks St. Louis Blues right now massively struggling teams and um Let's just go ahead and look again at what the Calgary Flames have coming up. So it's not going to get any easier. Uh, they got St. Louis tomorrow, Dallas on the weekend, Nashville, who is surging, Colorado, Tampa Bay. Fucking good luck, man. I think I think with this week right here, losing to Chicago and St. Louis, and um, I can't. I, it's going to be a tough game against Dallas. It's going to be tough against Nashville. Going to be tough against Colorado. Going to be tough against Tampa Bay. None of those are going to be easy wins. Then you get Columbus, Chicago again, which now I have no, no hope in them beating Chicago on the 26th. And then Seattle right after that, back to back. So I don't know. I am compl- I've just completely lost all confidence in them after them losing to Chicago. I was expecting to come to look at the scoreboard and see a nice four, five to one, six to one win for the Flames, a nice booster in confidence, and, and then you get this fucking disaster, which I think is going to sit. That's going to sit on them mentally, man, to lose to Chicago at this moment in time. I mean, holy crap. Let me just look at Chicago and just see how many losses they had in and around the Calgary Flames. So, 
Oh, wow. They're actually on fire right now. Look at that, bro. They won against the Arizona Coyotes 2-0, and then they beat the Flames. Okay, it's a little bit more understandable now why the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Calgary Flames. They're on absolute fire, bro. They're on a two-game winning streak. I think Chicago very well may make the playoffs right now. They're just so freaking good. Uh, I jest. I, I am kidding, obviously, but... If my phone would let me look at a different month in time, that would be fantastic. So, um, <laughs> coming into that, they lost three games. Uh, they beat Columbus, not a big deal. Loss, 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 loss. There you go. So, they barely won in December. And, uh, yeah, the Flames lost to that team. So, there you go. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I feel about that. Very unimpressed with the Flames right now. Got to step it up. They can get some momentum back if they can pick up some big wins against Dallas, Tampa Bay, Colorado, Nashville. I just don't feel good about it right now. You Flames fans out there, how you feeling? Like me, I'm I'm feeling pretty bad about it right now. I'm not going to lie. But um, maybe there's some Flames fans out there that can bring some some good news to me, and I would love that. So if you got any any good hope that you can send my way for these Flames and, uh, you know, reignite my flame, as it were, for uh, the hopes of the, of the Calgary Flames making the playoffs this year. Because right now, doesn't look like they're making it, bro. And speaking of not making the playoffs... The Florida Panthers, oh dear, are they ever in fucking trouble right now? So, um, yeah, them missing the playoffs, maybe not the worst thing in the world, but the thing that really makes this season really fucking bad for the for the Florida Panthers, they don't have their first round pick this year. Oh boy, oh boy. So where did that pick go, you may ask? Well, that went to the Montreal Canadiens last season. For whom, you may ask? For who? Ben Sherratt. Yes, sir. Yes. So that's kind of been the hot topic this week with um, in hockey. I feel like it's uh, it's really fun to kind of make fun of it because, um, I don't know, I feel like uh, teams should learn their lesson by now. It's uh, been a thing forever when you trade away future first round picks it usually comes back to bite you and me being a Toronto Maple Leaf fan I know all too well about this we can flash back to the amazing time when the when the Toronto Maple Leafs back in the I think it was the early 90s anyway uh, trading away a future first round pick that ended up being Scott Niedermeyer one of the greatest defensemen of all time and a defenseman that you look at and you go wow if that guy played for the Toronto Maple Leafs who fucking knows what could have happened with the Leafs in the 90s especially some of those late 90s run you throw a Scott Niedermeyer on there who knows maybe we got some extra cups for the Toronto Maple Leafs and maybe a cup or two less for the New Jersey Devils who knows I don't know but Regardless, it's uh, it's pretty well known that trading away f- future first-round picks in the NHL is kind of a no-no, and especially it was uh, a big old no-no when it comes to trading a ra- trading a first-round pick in the 2023 draft because this is going to go down as possibly one of the deepest, most talent-filled drafts of all time. So, Florida Panthers decided to trade away that pick to the Montreal Canadiens for Ben Chirot, who is arguably. Uh, everyone, you know, it was the big talk all last season. It's like, hey, who is going to overpay for Ben Sherratt? The asking price for Ben Sherratt was well known. Montreal was like, we want everything. We want everything you got for Ben Sherratt. And the Florida Panthers walked right up and said, here you go. Here's everything you want. Would you like a fucking free dinner? Would you like us? Would you like to have sex with my wife while you're at it? Like, God damn, what else do you want for Ben Sherratt? Jesus. But anyway... Florida pays the piper, they pay the price, they give the Montreal Canadiens a unprotected 
first round pick in the 2023 draft and as it is right now Florida ain't making the playoffs doesn't look like they have a shot in hell to make the playoffs right now they're in the east and they're down man they're way down there and I think they're fuck they're done right now man there's just no shot for them to make the playoffs right now and they're in a really really bad situation bro they Montreal has their pick and I don't know what Florida is going to do they might have to do what the Toronto Maple Leafs did back then so uh, the Leafs, when they trade away that pick, they were hoping to be good. They went into the playoffs, did not do good, and there you go. The next season, they were terrible, absolutely terrible, and they knew they didn't have their first-round pick, and it looks like they were going to finish last. And the Leafs decided to make more trades to uh, send off more assets and picks to try and make themselves good enough to not become last place so that they weren't going to be a complete fucking joke in the NHL losing their first overall pick. It's okay. It only was the third overall pick, so it was only slightly embarrassing. Regardless, um, the Florida Panthers might be thinking about doing something similar where they might want to try and boost their team up. Uh, to make them a little bit better just so that their pick doesn't fall too far down. And, um, yeah, it's a possibility. Now, people are throwing out theories out there that Montreal could potentially come out of this draft with the first overall pick and the second overall pick. Can you imagine that? Like, Montreal is is struggling right now. They're, They're really falling off the map, and it looks like they're starting to fall into that tank situation. They can get the first overall pick with their own pick, and then Florida's pick can win the, the lottery, and it can go to second. And Montreal could very well come out of that draft with Connor Bedard and Fantilli, Connor Bedard and Mishkov. Holy crap, can you imagine that? If I was Montreal, just to troll the NHL league, I would pick Bedard second. If I had the first and second overall pick, I'd be like, what the first overall pick? Fantilli! And everyone would be like, ah, ah, what the hell? And it would just make a whole bunch of hoopla and stories, and then you pick Connor Bedard second, and... It would just be the most pointless thing ever that would make everybody lose their mind. They would have 11,000 podcasts created just to bitch about it, and it would mean nothing. It would mean absolutely nothing. It does not matter if you go second overall, you're going to the same, you know, I'm just, it's just a troll. But regardless, Montreal Canadiens could very well troll the shit out of the Florida Panthers this year, stealing their pick, man, and it's going to be a juicy pick. It could very well just be... It could be the worst pick that they could possibly get. It could be 16th, could be 15th. Regardless, you're getting a first overall, you're getting a first round pick in a draft that looks like it's going to be very good. So it looks like Montreal's going to do very well this season in uh, in the well not in the actual NHL season, but maybe in the off season they'll do good with the drafts, but um yeah, dude, if I was a Florida Panther fan right now, I would be quite fucking nervous about that first round pick. I, I, oh, man, I imagine Montreal Canadiens fans right now have their eyes locked on every every score of the Florida game, and they, they go crazy every time they lose because like, oh, yeah, that's just another another loss closer to us possibly getting Bedard and Fantilli. Like, holy crap. Um, yeah, man, so it's just another story of don't trade away future round first picks, and if you are going to do it, protect that thing. Holy crap, like, the fact that the Florida Panthers didn't even top 10 protect that thing, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be bad. In recent memory, we recall the um, the Colorado Avalanche nailing it on the Ottawa Senators. The Sens send away their pick and the famous Matt Duchesne um, uh, trade, which just basically won Colorado a cup because it just set them, got them so many amazing assets. They get the third overall pick, get Byram, they get McCarr, I mean, and then the rest is history. They win a cup. 
And um, yeah, don't trade away future first round picks. It generally comes back to bite you in the ass, just like it is. But this could go down as one of the most, one of the worst trades of all time. Just, for, just you know, just in theory, Montreal Canadiens win the draft lottery with the Florida Panthers pick. So Montreal Canadiens acquire Connor Bedard for Ben Sherratt. Just let it sink. Just think about that, and uh, that will pretty much. That would just end it for me and the Florida Panthers. Like, I was like, that is the that hands down, that's the worst trade ever made in the history of history. Uh, in anything, you know, if, even when it comes to schoolyard trades, like I'll trade you my my peanut butter sandwich for a rock. It's like, no, no, the Ben Sherratt trade for for Connor Bedard. That's that's worse than that. I would take I would take the rock, but. Um, Seriously, um, Florida Panthers, man, they're in big, big trouble, and it's going—it's just going to be—it's going to be bad all around. I mean, regardless, they're losing a pick, uh, a first-round pick, which they desperately need at this point. Uh, a team that is struggling—you you always want that pick, even even if this is just a blip in the radar for the Florida Panthers. Maybe they come back next season, they win the President's Trophy again. Um, regardless, these these are the kind of seasons. Like I can't pull a team out right off the top of my head, but a team that was very competitive, maybe like the Bruins, for example, but they blew it, but the Bruins were always competitive. Then they had that little blip in their radar. 2015, remember that? They missed uh, the playoffs that year, and they had that really cool uh, situation in the draft where they had three picks in a row, and they blew all three of them. Um, yeah, something like that, where you could actually, like, can you imagine the Bruins picked up Sherrod, or... Um, is that his name? No, Shabbat, Kyle Connor, and Barzell in that draft, like... How many cups would they have right now? Like, holy fuck. Um, regardless, it's it's an important pick that they're desperately going to be missing this year in the draft. And I don't know how many first they, they've sent away over the last. I, I think it's going to be a rough run here for the Florida Panthers over the next little bit. Unless they can bring it together. Um, I, I think they're done, though, for this season. What do you guys think? Do you think uh, they could somehow... Even like they they could barely even make a trade, man. Like they're they're strapped for cash. They're 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 not doing good in the salary cap. They got Duclair who's coming back, and they can't even bring him back into the lineup because they have no money. So yeah, Panthers are fucked. I think that's just pretty much how it is. They're just fucked. And uh, oh well, at least Kachuk is playing well. That's good. Speaking of playing well, Mitchell Marner. All right, everybody, let's get to the Toronto Maple Leaf stuff. Mitchell Marner, five hundred freaking points for Marner. Matthews hits five hundred last week. This week, Marner hits his 500. I think that is so freaking cool that these two are are right next to each other. I was actually a little bit surprised that Marner didn't hit 500 points first. Just thought that he's he's put up more points. But uh, no, Matthews is fantastic as well. So I think that's really cool. I, I hope that these two can hit a thousand points together on the same team. That would be amazing. We're getting ever so close to uh, the date to which Austin Matthews can sign a contract July 1st man July 1st we can we can start we could do some work here we can get this guy signed finally and it's still out there man there's still the worry that Austin Matthews could leave and go to Los Angeles it seems like that's the only other market that people are convinced that he will leave to is the Los Angeles Kings so 
We'll still just have to kind of sweat it out and just wait until the summer to uh, finally find out. But I think, I think honestly, man, Austin would be a little bit of a dummy to leave right now. I mean, you've got a really good partner right there, Marner. You will easily slaughter every record in the Toronto Maple Leafs history books if you just stick around. And uh, you, you'll, you'll be a god, man. You'll be an absolute god in Toronto. People already worship the ground that you walk on here. And... Um, yeah, honestly, man, at this point, I would be quite surprised if Matthews does not resign. The Leafs organization right now have not been stronger since like the fucking 60s. I mean, everything's looking really good for them. Yes, it's still a, a, tons of disappointment filled uh, runs here so far with, with the Leafs. Uh, Lots of first-round exits, obviously, but they're still young, man. There's still lots of time for this team to get the job done, but we just got to make sure that they're all going to be sticking around. And I think it's just very important that we try and keep Matthews and Marner together. That would be that would be ideal, and I think, honestly, Matthews would be a little bit crazy to leave the Leafs at this point, but that's just me. He could <clears throat> very easily just walk off and go to L.A., make a shitload of money, and just be fucking famous as shit in LA and just live it up and have a good time. He could very easily do that. But as, as it stands for me this week, I feel very strong that Austin Matthews will sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now ask me that question a couple weeks from now, who knows? Could be a completely different situation. <sighs> anyway, congratulations, Marner on 500 points, scored a nice, beautiful goal against Detroit Red Wings. So there you go. Uh, Marner's 500 point was a lot nicer than Matthews 500 points. So there you go. Marner can can throw that in his face every single day. He's like, hey, I got the better 500 points. Ah, I hope Marner talks like that. I feel like he does talk like that. Anyway, uh, TJ Brody is on the IR. This is upsetting news. I, I didn't see how long or anything that he's going to be uh, out. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, there's uh, worse things that can happen to the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, like a forward going down because right now the, the Leafs' D, death-wise, were, were okay. I mean, Connor Timmons came right in, and he was fantastic, has two points. He's playing great. So uh, we're not too worried about that, but we you, you want TJ Brody back in the lineup, man. I mean, the guy's so... Underrated. He's so good with his stick, man. He's such a good uh, stick defenseman. And what I mean with that is, like, man, he's always got his stick in the right spot. He breaks up plays. Always good at breaking up that two. Like, if if the Leafs are gonna have are gonna give up a two on one, I feel very good if TJ Brody is the one guy back. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a very good chance he's going to break up this play. And more often than not, he breaks up that play. So let's talk about the Leafs and their week. Uh, this week uh, started out really rough with the five to one loss against the Seattle Kraken. Um, yeah, man, in that game, it looks like uh, Murray was getting a little bit exposed on that high glove in that game. Now, honestly, I turned this game off when it was what four to one. I just I had to turn it off, man. I was like, I'm not wasting. This game is done. I mean, they're like, yes, the Leafs very well could have scored that many goals and go back into it. I just what I was seeing on the ice that night, I was like, not nah, it ain't happening. So I just turned it off. And it looks like I was right. Ended up being a 5-1 game. They didn't get back into it whatsoever. Um, yeah, in that game, I was, uh, like we talked about last week, the goaltending was getting a little bit shaky and was starting to get pretty nervous. You look at the numbers for both Sam Sonoff and Matt Murray over the last, like, month, very bad. I mean, you got, like, 860s, 850s, save percentage, not encouraging. And to start out the week with this game, after having that conversation, made me quite nervous. But it's okay. Well, the next games we'll talk about, that it, it gets better. It's okay. 
Um, but before we move on to those games, of course, Jared McCann scores in that game. He's having a great little season. And of course, every time I look at Jared McCann, I just like, oh, I would really like him to be to have stayed a Leaf. You know, I was I was pretty excited when the Leafs picked him up. I was like, ooh, that could be a really good little player. He gets taken by Seattle, of course. And uh, he's been great for Seattle, man. He just continues to put up goals. Nice little goal scorer. Would have been nice if he stayed a Leaf. Um, yeah, it, it was a shut off game. Just had to turn it off. I tapped out. I'm sorry. But um, didn't tap out on the other two games. So they come back. They bounce back with a very nice win, 4-1 to one, against the Detroit Red Wings. Now, this again, this this game did... Um, is, was it this game? Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, it was this game. So um, this might have been the worst first period of a game I have ever seen in my life. That was absolutely embarrassing to watch. I was um, livid. Uh, watching that first period, I was like, oh my god, the Detroit Red Wings just coming off of a back-to-back game. They just came off of a game, and the Leafs came out so flat, so flat. Oh my god, I couldn't believe what I was watching. They were lucky to get two shots in that period. They went, they had one shot and basically got no shots for 19 minutes. They squeak out a barely shot at the end, and that was just the most pathetic first period I, I've seen the Leafs play this season. Detroit was all over them. And uh, thankfully, thankfully, the the Leafs woke the hell up in the second period. They're absolutely shot of a freaking cannon in that second period. I don't know. Whatever Keith freaked out, probably screamed his freaking head off in, in that locker room. But they came out firing in the second period. Samsonov had a great game. He really came up with some big saves. Other than that first period, man, really good rebound game. Uh, Excuse me. Holy crap. Uh, Really good rebound game there for the Leafs. Uh, Starting to get back into those those scores that we're getting in the first uh, part of the season. You know, a lot of... 3 to 1s, 4 to 1s, very low, not as, you know, the Leafs aren't scoring as much, but they're definitely not letting in as much, which is I would take that any day over the like I know, like I would love to watch a 5 to 6 game all the time, but as it is right now and, and the way that the Leafs are I I will take those 4 to 1s uh just not as exciting games. I don't care. I just want them to play proper and that is the proper game right there. They played a we'll scratch that first period Second and third period, they played fantastic. And Samsonov, great game for him. They follow that up with a 6-2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. It was nice to see Wayne Simmons in the lineup. That was cool. I like that. You know, Wayne was a... He played quite a while there in Philadelphia. He was a fan favorite there in Philadelphia. So, little uh, little tip to the cap there for Keith for getting uh, Wayne, Wayne Train in the lineup there for the Philadelphia game. That's just a nice little touch. Uh, he was out there. I think he was on the ice for one of the uh, goals four, so I think he got a plus. So it was a pretty solid game. You know, Wayne, he ain't what Wayne Simmons was, you know, five years ago or whatever. I still adore Wayne Simmons, man. I love that guy. Uh, they were Leafs were wide awake at the opening whistle for this one. That was very good. They were all over the Flyers right out of the, right out of the gate. Uh, Connor Timmins scores his first NHL goal. That is awesome. Congratulations to him. And again, man, we got to, I mean, the guy, I think in 12 games, he's got 11 points. I mean, is it time to start giving this guy some more solidified ice time? Now, I don't know what advanced numbers are saying about Connor Timmins defensively, but Points wise, this guy's fantastic. He's put uh, uh, like wow. He's already put up more points in his career in the twelve games or whatever with the Leafs than he did in his whole career with Colorado and Arizona. So 
I think we've got a really good fit here with Connor Timmons. I'm I'm just I'm very happy for him and he's playing so well right now. And Matt Murray had a great game out there. He played very good, um, making the saves, man. He just just a good game for Matt Murray, and that's what we need to see. Let's get back into this groove of uh, no more than like two goals against a game. Let's just try and keep it down to two goals against every game. Uh, get the confidence back in Murray and Samsonov. I mean. Uh, prior to those two games there, I mean, Samsonov looked really shaky, uh, very just sporadic, over-moving all the time, and then Matt Murray just, like I said, it always looked like he was in pain all the time, he's just always wincing, like every time I see him, he's always, always wincing about something, like why are you always in pain, but I mean, I mean, he is a professional athlete, I understand, I'm in a lot of pain all the time, so, and I'm not a professional athlete, but Regardless, a uh, very good bounce back week for the Toronto Maple Leafs right here. Shaky start, you know, okay, Seattle got the best of us, but they beat Detroit, they beat Philadelphia, so that was encouraging. And uh, so tonight they're playing uh, Nashville. That should be a pretty fun game, just so you know. I don't know, I got a thing sent to me. It's like, oh, the game is changed to 7.30. Oh, God, the whole world is going to fall apart because the game is delayed 30 minutes, but... Just so you know, the game is at seven thirty tonight. So um, don't don't be angry when you turn it on at seven o'clock and it isn't on. They they warned us apparently, uh, and then they got the back to back tomorrow. They played Detroit again. So kind of been uh, defeating the shit out of Detroit this year. And then the big one this Saturday, boys. It's the fucking Boston freaking Bruins. So this is going to be very very big game because I mean the last time the Leafs took on the Bruins yes the Leafs won but kind of with an asterisk because that was during the whole Mitchell Miller thing Bruins during that game did not look like the Bruins so I'm hoping that the Bruins show up to this Saturday's game and we have a real good competitive game and I hope the Leafs can come out with the win right there I won't be shocked I won't be upset if they don't I will be upset if they get their asses kicked and they don't play a good game against the Bruins. I'm, I They better come in and play a really good game. That is the best team in the league. That is currently the favorite to win the Cup. They, they barely lose this year. And if the Leafs can hand them another loss in regulation, for example, that would be fucking huge for the Leafs right here. That would be really, really big. So that is a massive game for the Leafs coming up this week. And then they play Florida on Tuesday. So that is more than likely what we'll be talking about next week. We'll be talking about that Bruins game for sure. That is a big one on the docket right there. And uh, yeah, I think that is it for this week. I was planning on doing um, uh, drafting my own um, NHL All-Star team. So maybe we'll I'll be doing that next week. Uh, once we I get some some more information on the All-Star game because I just don't give one fuck about the All-Star stuff. I don't think a lot of us really care about it because they the NHL doesn't really make us care want to care about it. They, they don't do a very good job with it, but uh, that, that'll probably be a topic for next week. We'll talk more about the All-Star game, but regardless, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and sorry that it is Wednesday. It's your hump day, but here's a hockey cast and hopefully it'll help you get through your, your day today and um, good luck out there, everybody. I'm off today, so I, I'm just going to enjoy myself. I'm wearing my bathrobe nice and warm and toasty and comfy right now and I'm about to go upstairs, get some coffee and fucking play some Witcher and have a fantastic day. Watch the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey tonight and all that great stuff. 
And, um, yeah, let's do some shameless plugs. Uh, you can go check out the YouTube channel. Check out the links down below. Gamer GX Videos. I am playing Until Dawn over there right now. Loving, loving that game. Uh, that series has been going extremely well. I don't, like... Views on that have been very, very good, so people have been checking it out, so thank you everybody if you're checking out those YouTube videos, uh, very much so appreciate that, and um, uh, you can go follow me on Twitter where I make announcements for the podcast and all that great stuff, great place for you to drop a comment, let me know uh, any, any thoughts and things about the podcast, we can chat and be friends and all that great stuff. And, um, yeah, there you go. There's another episode down, and I am out of here. You guys enjoy your day. Watch the game tonight. And, of course, as always, go Leafs, go.